0: Hey, welcome everyone to healing hope and restoration. I'm Tiffany
1: and I'm Howard
0: and Howard. Today we're going to kind of take a, just a short break from our addiction series and we're going to talk about something I think is really pertinent for this season and that is really helping your child who may be struggling with um, mental health related issues navigate the classroom.
1: Yes, that's very difficult. And I think it's interesting that we're going to talk about this because um, I raised a child Uh, who needed um, those kind of supports uh, throughout his education. And uh, so as a parent, firsthand, I get the issue.
0: Absolutely. I'm going to bring the teacher perspective because before I was a full-time counselor, I was um, a certified teacher. I taught middle school for about eight years. And um, part of the reason why I decided to leave the classroom wasn't because I disliked it. I loved my job as a teacher. I'd probably say teaching is probably still one of my first loves. And I left because I saw there were things I could do um, to help what was being presented to me, such as issues, a lot of mental health issues um, that I couldn't do in my position as an educator. So I guess I'm an educator in a different way now, um, but I still very much so have a heart for teachers and all that they go through. So I'd like to start off by just giving you a little bit of information about, one, what it's like to be a teacher, and two... Um, The education that we get, which has changed since my teacher education, teachers nowadays and more school districts are now more focused on being more trauma informed. And so they are educating their teachers more about the issues they see in the classroom and not just looking at those issues as if the kid is like a bad kid, but that there's probably a struggle behind it and how to be more effectively responsive to those types of behaviors. And so I applaud many school districts and the direction education is going in that respect. But I will tell you, um, in my initial teacher education, I was taught how to um, present my curriculum. I taught math, and so I was taught how to break down math and present it to you know students who had never seen math before. I was an elementary, middle school um, educator, so it was real interesting to learn that. I was taught how to manage my classroom, how to set my rules and routines and expectations. Um, and how to you know, elicit parent support and things like that. But I wasn't taught about mental health-related issues or mental health disorders or how anxiety could potentially get in the way of a student learning or even ADD or anything else that might present in the classroom. I kind of learned that along the way um, through the help of other support professionals that are often in your schools as well.
1: Well, that's something as a parent... That I think we all need to understand. Um, you know, off the air, we talked about the fact that the school is not the enemy of the parent.
0: It is not.
1: And I think sometimes if we go with a kind of a chip on our shoulder or an axe to <laughs> grind, we're going to get in it before we need to. And having more initial diplomatic or peaceful dialogue is a way to to begin discussions that way in terms of trying to see what the teacher may understand or not understand about your child.
0: Absolutely. I heard once upon a time, someone say, I couldn't tell you who that someone was that As far as education or schools are concerned, everyone has an opinion about that because almost everyone has had an experience with probably the school system in some way, shape or form. Mm -hmm. And um, I heard them elaborate a little bit and say that sometimes parents, as they walk into a school building, whether it's the school they attended or not, perhaps they said this kind of jokingly, but I think it was also very true have some flashbacks of their educational experiences, of course, and especially if it was a poor educational experience. And so there might be what we call some transference happening (laughs) when they engage with teachers and other professionals, um, thinking that somehow maybe their child is being treated poorly, which could be the case, you know, sometimes, um, but thinking that maybe there are things that are going on that aren't because they're projecting their experiences onto their child's experience.
1: Well, something to be very careful of for sure. Um, it does happen and it does create an immediate prejudice. It does push a strong emotional button. Mm -hmm. And, um, as we're going to talk about in a little bit, Uh, there's a right way and wrong way to advocate for your child.
0: Absolutely.
1: Yeah. So folks, what we're talking about here is how vital it is that in seeing your child in an educational setting, that while in today's world, schools are probably far more equipped than they used to, at Mm -hmm. least public schools, private schools, not so much because requires a lot of funding Mm -hmm. to do this kind of thing but certainly in public schools, uh, there are more resources. Uh, there's more information. There's more psychoeducation for parents and teachers. But I think the key, as I said a moment ago is, is to go in peaceful diplomatic. Let's try to join here. Let's try to understand each other and try to see through the lens of the teacher's eyes, so that they have some opportunity to see through the lens of your eyes as a parent. If we don't allow that to begin with, then we get off on the wrong foot. Typically.
0: Absolutely. And that's a life skill right there. I think, um, in the seven habits of highly effective people, it's a book that I highly <coughs> recommend. It says, seek first to understand then to be understood. Exactly. And I think that's really important So don't go in with guns a blazing. Literally don't, it yes. is not helpful. No. So, First things first, I need you to understand a little bit about what teachers, you know, experience and their training, all right? They're not as well equipped as you might think they are in that arena, although things are getting better. Number 2, strive to develop good relationships with your teachers from the beginning. Be very proactive about that. Be a presence. If you're a working parent and you're like, I can't go to every Meeting, or I can't afford to take off work to, you know, really have those conversations or develop those close relationships. That's what we have like electronic communications for. And it could start with a well-placed email or even like a letter to your teacher. And I've had several parents over the years and I was teaching do this where they said, hi, then I was miss Mac. Hi, miss Mac. You know, you have my child X, Y, and Z. And I just want to make you aware that they are struggling with blah, blah, blah. You might see some of these things. And if you do, you know, understand I'm here for supports, feel free to reach out to me. And I was like, Oh, great. Because I was notified if the child had a diagnosed, you know, maybe a physical disability or a mental health related issue or a health issue. However, right. sometimes those notifications didn't come until a little bit like later into the school year, like maybe like a week or so just because of how fast things move in yes. a school building or lack thereof at moments. Mm-hmm. But the, the parent making me aware of that and making that contact, now it was in my mind. I had a, a student who... Um, had a physical issue that required them or that sometimes would um, leave them having to go to the restroom frequently, more frequently than we took bathroom breaks. And if you've ever been a teacher, you know, you don't trust kids in the hallway alone. You just don't. (laughs) Most of the time that's asking for some trouble. And so if a kid had to go to the bathroom, you know, outside of a designated time, you know, I was on alert and checking in the hallway and looking down to make sure they were doing what they were supposed to do and that they returned in a timely manner. So if a kid asked me to go to the bathroom multiple times, I was going to get awfully suspicious. But this parent making this known, I knew that when this child came up and asked me that I needed to allow them to go because it was critical for their health that they go. Um, what if a child has anxiety or struggling with depression, perhaps suicidal thoughts? And they say, I need to go talk to the school counselor. And I'm thinking you've been in the school counselor's office during my class every day this week. No, sit down. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That could be problematic. So develop relationships with your teachers proactively from the beginning. Um, and you know, maybe lay out some groundwork for them.
1: Yeah. Yeah my wife and I did that throughout my son's high school career. Um, and, you know, as we'll probably refer to later, he had an IEP mainly due to uh, uh, high functioning Asperger's and ADHD. And, you know, what's interesting is that children who are under those IEPs often feel the stigma of being different. They are often bullied, uh, made fun of, I could go on. And you know, as a parent that fires up my emotional mind, but again, you know, steadiness is still in order here. uh, Because recognizing that to me as a parent makes it all more important for you to try to reach out to the teacher and create this understanding. Now, the teacher may not be able to stop all the bullying and all that kids do, for sure. Um, as we know, kids can be really mean to kids. Mm-hmm. Yet, if you do that, you're at least taking away the possibility of some misunderstanding. Maybe not all of it, but at least some of it. Because you have made this effort to say, look, this is what he or she is dealing with. This is what we're trying to do at home. This is how we're trying to to help. Uh, just want to partner with you so that his or her education is as successful as it can be.
0: I cannot overestimate how helpful that is when a parent can communicate that because there are so many things that the teacher doesn't know from changes in medication that are happening You know, those are things that it's really helpful to have a heads up about because they can look through different eyes when they look at your child and they can put them in context and understanding their struggles and perhaps what they're going through. I kind of hesitate to say this, but I will say this somewhat facetiously. I will tell you, the students who struggled with mental health issues that were probably especially trying for me as a teacher, and they were trying simply because I had like 30 sets of eyes looking at me. (laughs) And to even have one student, and I don't say this as a shameful thing, but to even have one student who needed, you know, I guess, extra special attention, um, could be very, very exhausting, even in a 45-minute period when you're trying oh, to meet sure. everyone's needs and you're required to, um, or at least required to try. Um, and so I had parents who would um, make sure that I got extra special gifts and notes around holidays, you know, just thank you so much for, you know, helping um make school a better place for my kid. Now I'm not saying bribe your teachers to get better care for your kid. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that when the parents did that, or at least even just the acknowledgement of it, it really validated the efforts that I took to make sure that school was a better place for their child. Well,
1: we all want encouragement. We do. And um, validation and encouragement and some level of empathy goes a long way for a teacher who is responsible. Mm -hmm. And if you think about it, I mean, it's kind of a systemic issue that I don't have the answer to most of the time. Our classrooms are set up for self-starting kids who can manage themselves Mm -hmm. and don't have mental or emotional issues or any kind of physical issues. And so because the classroom over the years has typically been set up that way, we've been a longer time coming to identify those students who aren't in that category, not making them feel odd or different if we can to the best of our ability and creating the best opportunity for them to learn because they can learn. They just have to learn in a little different way. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, we need to understand it's not the teacher's fault that that the system is set up that way. Mm-hmm. That's just the way it is. And, and, you know, again, I don't have the answers and I'm not running for political office. But I think, I think the key is that as parents, again, partnering with teachers to understand that because the system is set up like it is, dialogue is vital to any nuance of difference that the teacher is willing to do with your insight as a parent that will help the success of the child. We have to remember that. It isn't whether I feel better as a parent or not. Mm -hmm. It's about what can we do to make sure that child has the best case scenario to succeed.
0: Absolutely. And I can't tell you how many parents, even to this day, even as a therapist, educate me on things that, you know, I haven't personally experienced or encountered before. And what they share with me about their child's struggle is going to help the next child that either walked into my classroom in the past or, you know, may walk into my office in the future. So navigating mental health related issues in the classroom is never an easy thing to do, Um, but understand, you know, what your teachers are working with to strive to develop really good, proactive relationships with them from the very beginning, not ones where you're just having conversations when things are going wrong or you're upset because you heard about something happening. That, you know, was perhaps a very negative interaction with maybe a teacher or your child with another student. Um, We don't want to talk then, just then. We want to talk before then. Um, And the third point we want to hit on is, you know, learn how to advocate for your child. Um. I mentioned sitting in several IEP meetings over the years, a lot of IEP meetings over the years, and I was struck with, I wasn't a parent then, but I was struck with how intimidating it was to be the parent coming in from the outside, sitting around the table with all these teachers and other professionals talking about your child and very specifically your child's struggles and the plan that they've already developed to help them. And it's like, wow, what do I say? How do I speak up? And I will say, even as a therapist, I've been the therapist that has been asked to come and sit in on IEP meetings for clients, you know, to really present the side of helping them understand mental health issues. Although most of the time there's a school psychologist there, but that school psychologist is not really working with that child one on one either. Right. And really to advocate for them because there have been some decisions that were about to be made that I strongly felt as a former educator and as a counselor were not in the best interest of my client.
1: Yeah, I can say that um, my wife and I probably would have been somewhat intimidated and probably less informed had I not been an LCPC Mm -hmm. at the time that my son was going through his IEP. Um, at least I was able to bring to the table a pretty strong understanding of mental health uh, of ADHD and of how his Asperger's presented itself mm-hmm. uh, in terms of his behavior.
0: You knew you're good.
1: I, I did. And um, because we were able to advocate, and this is where maybe you talk to a counselor, maybe you talk to a friend who uh, is, Little more savvy about these kind of things who can be there to support, whatever the case. I think it's important because we were able to get some things changed because we did advocate.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, when I started hearing that they were going to require less of him, mm. uh, no, 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 don't require less, require the same, but let's come at it differently. Mm-hmm. So, we offered a couple of those um, suggestions. Uh, and, and I think that was very helpful, uh, to be able to do that, uh, being in those meetings and advocating for him and letting them know, Hey, he's got to do his part, but we're doing all we can as parents, uh, to help him graduate and have some ability to succeed in the world, even if he doesn't go beyond high school. Mm -hmm. Um, we want him to be able to succeed. We want him to know that he accomplished something and we can't do that if you require less and we can't do that if you punish more without understanding what's going on. Absolutely. Uh, And so as parents, we were able to advocate, uh, in those arenas.
0: That is huge. Like I said, you know your child, and you have insights that are very important, especially during those meeting times that could be very intimidating. So whatever you need, whether you have to have it written out before you go so that you don't forget when the nerves come up sitting in front of the panel of people, you know, who are looking at you, whether it is, you know, taking someone with you, you know, a trusted friend or family member who's walked this journey to help be a support to you, Or whether it's, you know, taking a trusted professional, if your child is working with that professional and there's insight whether they call in or, you know, show up, I think most professionals I know would be completely willing to help advocate for your child in that respect or at least to promote understanding if you may find that difficult to do alone. And I think those are entirely appropriate. As a former teacher, I could say, honestly, very much so appreciated that because at the end of the day, most of the teachers that I've known over the course of my lifetime became teachers because they wanted to be they love kids um and they really want to see your child succeed that is their ultimate goal that feels good for them and that's what they got in it to do to help children so at the end of the day if you kind of keep that in mind or go in with that particular thought now not every teacher just like not every person in any profession you know is in it. um to help some people have wrong motives. And, but I would venture to say, hopefully that for the most part, your teachers are there because they want to be, and they care about your child. And so any way, shape or form that you can help them do that, um, care for your child better is really important.
1: It, it is. And if you want to be, if it, as a parent, if you want to be heard in those IEP meetings, um, now I'm going to be a little bit blunt, <laughs> leave the four letter words out, Mm -hmm. leave the anger out, Mm -hmm. leave the judgment out. Um, That will not help you be heard. I'll guarantee you, you'll be written off as another clanging gong or noisy symbol. If you come at it that way, emotionally, you may feel that way and you may need to vent that and vet that out with someone Mm -hmm. uh, before you come to one of those meetings. But if you want to be heard, Steady, clear, certain, well thought out in your approach is going to go far better. And so unless the civil and or moral law has been broken in some manner, which would require maybe more threatening action against someone, God forbid that would happen. You want to come in as if we're all on the same team here, right? Absolutely. We all want the same thing we want this child to succeed. And if that's going to happen, the adults in that child's world really need to be interfacing with each other, communicating, dialoguing, keeping communication open because it's for the good of the child. And I can't stress enough how important it is for, for teachers and school administration and school psychologists and parents to work very hard to be on the same team in order to create that.
0: Absolutely. And how awesome is it that your child has a team, a team of people yes. who are equipped and love them and are seeking their best and my book, how could they possibly fail if they have a team of supports like that?
1: Absolutely.
0: So, folks, if you have a child who is navigating, um, you know, the school system and struggling with mental health-related issues on any level—elementary, middle school, you know, even into college—it may be difficult um, to. Find ways, you know, to perhaps connect with teachers and administrators. And really the things we just wanted to impress upon you today is one, you know, keep an open mind, have an understanding about where your educators are coming from because they're not licensed, you know, counselors or psychologists unless they so chose to be beforehand. And so there are some things that they don't know. So they need you. So strive to develop really proactive relationships with them, good relationships from the very beginning, and they're going to be more open to your influence. And perhaps very grateful for it. And then three, don't be intimidated to advocate for your child because there are things within this ever-evolving school system that do need to be changed, and you can be a change agent. But the only way you're going to be listened to is if you're you're calm when you do it.
1: Absolutely. Well, folks, uh, thank you for joining us again today, and uh, we hope this discussion will um, give you some hope, give you some insight email the principal, call the school counselor, do whatever you need to do. Get on the same page, be a part of the team and let's help your children succeed.
0: Absolutely. And in that way they won't fail.
1: Well, folks, as always, we conclude our podcast today with God bless and Shalom.
0: The information contained in our podcast and on our social media pages is for informational purposes only. All views expressed are solely those of the individuals involved and do not represent the opinions of any entity whatsoever with which we have been, are now, or will be affiliated. The information is not meant to diagnose or treat any mental health condition. If you are experiencing mental health symptoms, we encourage you to contact a mental health provider in your community. If you are experiencing a mental health emergency, please call 911 or go to the nearest emergency room.